and welcome to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I'm Mike Byer. And I'm Len Foote. And welcome to the program. You are listening live from the home studios in Woodridge, Illinois, where a cacophony of sounds is coming through from an electric studio audience. Wow. What a crowd. What a crowd. Amazing crowd tonight. This will get you psyched up. Yeah. Tonight, we are talking our top 10 favorite actresses of all time, a task that we set for ourselves and immediately regretted, and (laughs) there are far too many to choose from, but we're going to give it our best effort tonight. So, tonight's program, our top 10 actresses of all time. Additionally, the playoffs have begun in Major League Baseball, and we'll go through them all, including... Uh, not last, yeah, it was last night. Last night's Wild Sox win. Uh, we'll go over uh, NFL, uh, Bears and Browns, and other noteworthy developments. We'll share our uh, recommendations, and I recommend. And we will go through Rolling Stone's top 500 albums and pick out two or three that actually, Len has three. I only have two <laughs> albums that we have listened to, dug deep into, laid down with, and submerged ourselves into, and come out the other side and share those opinions with you, the brilliant Jagbags listener. And then we'll get into our top 10 actresses list. So happy birthday to Laura as well. Did she have a good birthday? She did. What'd you get her? The gift of myself. <laughs> what a gift that is. It's amazing. Oh, man. I mean, she is lucky. <laughs> lucky, lucky, lucky. I know our podcast audience emphatically agrees. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the, so uh, and so tonight you have... Uh, so she's out. Is she celebrating her birthday or just out? To... Yeah, friend in town. Just been celebrating all weekend. Oh, man. Going to Liquor Box or someplace else? Uh, probably. Where else would you go? I mean, there's no other place to celebrate a birthday in the whole city. Um, if you want to celebrate it, 100%. I mean, Liquor Box. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's kind of like a, a big duh. Yep. Um. Well, let's get right into it. Let's go uh, right to MLB uh, playoffs. Uh, the playoffs have started in full. First of all, the wild card uh, play-in games, which went wonderfully, exactly the way we'd scripted it. The Yankees and the Cardinals both unceremoniously dumped from the postseason in a joyous couple of days. <laughs> and the Cardinals lost on a walk-off. Oh, that was great. The only thing that would have made that better is if Pujols had delivered. (laughs) I totally forgot he was in the Dodgers until I saw him running out of dugout. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's on their team. (laughs) Oh, man. Who don't they have? That Dodgers team is loaded. I look at all the players. They still keep playing Bellinger, though, and Bellinger hit like 150 this year. Yeah. They don't, they're not sitting them down for some reason. I mean, mean, the guy is still a former, MVP. 
And yeah, but at 150, uh, you, you got to sit a guy down when he's hitting that poorly. I think he's earned it. I think he's earned the right. We're getting right into it. I mean, we are getting right into the argument. <laughs> um, now, it was, uh, we'll see. I mean, time will tell whether playing Bellinger is the right move. Certainly, Roberts has no problem uh, playing him. He's probably going to uh, play him tonight when the Dodgers take on the Giants. Um, yeah, I, I would guess. I, I think he's, he's still playing every day. I think they're just hoping he will snap out of a season-long slump. It's crazy. But, the, the guy's a former MVP, and now he's yeah, down to yeah. 150. It's unbelievable. And he's young, too. It's really unlikely. No, he's not playing today. They're sitting him. Well, there you go. And Pujols is playing. <laughs> <laughs> playing first base wow that is pretty amazing what uh, series has surprised you the most in this first round well there's two that are surprising the brewers are getting shut down yeah i thought it'd be the opposite i thought the brewers would shut atlanta down and win pretty easily because i thought the brewers had enough home run hitters to score a couple of games but they're not scoring any they're, they're like the cubs were the past few years in the playoffs they just can't score a run. Yeah, just so they're in trouble. They're just they're doing zero at the plate. So yeah. their good pitching doesn't matter if they're not scoring any runs at all. And Atlanta's, I think the guy who pitched yesterday for Atlanta, they said he's been possibly the best pitcher in baseball the past month. And so he got hot at the right time for them. Right. Shut the Brewers down. And they were saying Anderson was another like really good pitcher. Um and uh, and he shut out the uh, the Brewers today. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's really it's like watching the Cubs. They just can't put. They have a really good season, and they just couldn't do anything. Can't get a hit in the playoffs. And the other series that surprised me is the Red Sox, who they're up five three right now. So if they finish this game out, they beat the Rays. Yeah, I did not see that coming at all. Yeah, it's top of the seventh. So I really want the Astros to lose, though. So I'm hoping the Sox make a comeback. It was looking pretty bleak, even as early as like the second or third inning yesterday when right five to one. <laughs> it's like, Oh man, I know. And good for the white Sox. They came back and just crushed them, but they really, they really need one of their pitchers to get somebody out tomorrow. And yeah. The, uh, I hope, I'm hoping they, their pitch Rodon and he has a good outing and they can go back to Houston. They're saying it's going to be Rodon. Cause it's, you didn't expect all three of their starters to get shelled. No. And like Cease came out yesterday, first inning looked great. And then he just lost a strike zone. Yeah. And that was that was it. So, but at least the the relievers came through for him yesterday. They pitched really well. Really shut them down. Bummer and uh, and uh, although even Kopech settled down. And uh so yeah, it was so a Para was the big guy. Para had two scoreless. Yeah, and then and then ran his mouth after the game. Yep. So fantastic. We've got the uh, we've got the uh, uh, controversy that we wanted. <laughs> but well, what we just said though, three good starting pitchers, they all get shelled by the Astros, and they have a history of cheating. So that's what happens. People are going to get suspicious about that. I mean, Lynn had a really good year. Jolito was good. Cease was good, and. They couldn't get any. They couldn't get the Astros out. So you're gonna you're gonna wonder. That's just just what's gonna happen with them from now on. It is. I mean, and uh, and and that's the thing. I mean, 
teams, you know, play better at home than they do on the road, but because they're the Astros, if you look and say, you know, they struck out 16 times yesterday, last night at, uh, in Chicago, and they only struck out 16 times in the, in the first two games combined. And so, yeah. So, you know, he, uh, but you know, he, he put, he brings that out and then says, yeah, obviously they're doing something sketchy. And because it's the Astros, people say, Oh my God. Mm -hmm. But I think it's just gamesmanship and yeah, if it gets chippy, that's, uh, that's entertaining. And plus finally the Astros did it to themselves. So. Yeah. Yeah. And the main guys for the White Sox are hitting like I expected. Anderson and Obreu. Robert's been really good. Robert's been hitting great. Just keep that up tomorrow. And if Rodon can be their first pitcher to shut the Astros down, then in game five, that'd be great. That'd be fun. A good uh, two bats back in Houston. Uh, it'd be a, a deciding game in Chicago. would be a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen a crowd like that. And Awesome. At, a, at the Sox Park. It was awesome. It was loud. Everybody was wearing black, looked really cool on TV. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is it. This is how you got to do it. When Garcia hit that three-run homer to put them up, I mean, the place went wild. That was awesome. And it was a bomb, too. <laughs> oh, like, the deep center. And it was a Dusty Baker moment. Classic Dusty Baker. <laughs> Takes a pitcher out 2-0. <laughs> Brings a guy in, it's a... <laughs> Because of a three-run home. I love it when they cut to the pitcher on the in the dugout who he's just he's shaking his head like my manager is an idiot. <laughs> yeah. So I hope the Sox can turn it around, win the next two, then play, you know, might play the Red Sox, who the Sox can beat. I mean, it's the Red Sox are a better matchup for the Sox than the Razor. So Chicago can beat Boston in the playoff series. Yeah. Absolutely, they can. So go White Sox. Um, take down these cheating cheaters who cheat uh, and, uh, and move on. Um, finally, you know, Giants-Dodgers, who's your pick there after two games? Uh, I don't know. I go back and forth. That, that's, a, that's a great series because obviously one team is not better than the other, and I don't feel like – I mean, on paper, the Dodgers are certainly better, but the Giants, are, they're just gamers. Yeah, it's a great matchup. It's a rivalry. They're one game apart, and both teams have great pitching. The Giants have that thing, though, where everybody just thinks they overachieve, though. And the Dodgers won last year, so they're going to be confident against anybody. And they have Scherzer tonight. Yeah. So that's a tough – he's really tough. So they might go up 2-1 tonight, and that would be pretty rough for the Giants because then they have to win a game for – at LA to get back to their home park. Right. I'm rooting for the Giants. I am too. I don't so, really hate the Dodgers, but I don't really want them to win either. With apologies to Kevin Stern, um, I am also rooting for the Giants. <laughs> I uh, I thought I could root for the Brewers. Nope. <laughs> I was watching a game yesterday, and, like, and in my head, I'm like, I'm rooting for Atlanta. <laughs> like, I just... Yeah. I thought I could root for I didn't because the Brewers aren't as big a rival as the Cardinals. But I'm watching, I'm like, I don't want to root for any of these guys. No Milwaukee teams. Well, Milwaukee is just well, I root for the Bucks. I root for the Bucks last year. Big time. Milwaukee is like an embarrassment of sports riches. You got the Packers who came within a play of the Super Bowl. 
the Bucks, and now the Brewers are back in it. They're consistently, yeah. You know, well, not this year. I mean, they've really got to figure out how to start hitting. Yeah, they got to snap out of it quick because it'd be really disappointing for them to lose Atlanta because Atlanta kind of barely got into the playoffs. And they're yeah, they did not look that great winning a really weak division. Yeah, so I I hope one of the teams I like gets kind of far so I can root for somebody. It'll be a White Sox Giants World Series. You heard it here first. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be a fun one to watch. That would be really fun. Please no Astros Dodgers. That is the series matchup America does not want. <laughs> uh, should well, we move on to NFL and the Yes, I have let me let's start with uh the Browns. Ah. Because I was shocked by that. And I know the Chargers are really good this year, but your defense had played great. I know. They were shutting teams down. And what happened? Did you watch it? Was it or it was it on local TV? Was it? Were you here? I, we were here. Uh, my uh, sister-in-law ran the Chicago Marathon this weekend, so we tried to follow as best we could. But our Cleveland correspondents told us that uh, the secondary was decimated um, because both starting corners were out. Then their two replacements during the game went out, wow. and so you had a lot of. Uh, so they just couldn't cover anybody. And uh, so Herbert was getting rid of the ball quickly. And uh, um, Johnson, the uh, safety, who they their big uh, free agent pickup from the Rams, uh, he was talking about how it was just a mess out there in the, in the secondary, just trying to cover people. So, yeah, there was they, they were not getting shut down. But that said, when you score 42 points, uh, and you rack up 500 total yards and you don't turn the ball over. Apparently teams that do that in the NFL, in the history of professional football are 400. Well, now they're 442 and one. (laughs) That's so Cleveland Browns. So shocking. So (laughs) they had to shut down defense and, and Mayfield last week, didn't even complete half of his passes. Mayfield and it just flips, flips completely this week. He was tremendous. But that kind of that kind of feels like how the NFL is because there were some odd results yesterday. And that actually gives more hope for the Bears because the Bears, I did not expect the Bears to play like they did. That was amazing. Because yep. the Raiders are like high-powered Raiders, and the Raiders couldn't do anything. The defense looked great. We kind of did with not as maybe not as well as the Browns played against the Bears, but it was pretty close. Because Carr is a good quarterback, and they their skill guys are supposed to be really good. And they didn't even sniff the end zone until the fourth quarter. I've said all along the Bears have a great defense, and if Mac gets back to playing like he did yesterday, I mean, he was he was the he dominant. was incredible yesterday. Him, Roquan, and the most surprising thing is how well the secondary play is playing. Yep, because that was the big issue. But they're they're they did have one play yesterday that they blew a coverage, but they missed the pass, and hopefully they don't do that against 
the Packers because you know Aaron Rodgers is watching film. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> He's gonna go. This is where they always screw up and just pick us apart. They got to get to him. And Quinn's been playing really well too. So if Mac turns it up and Quinn keeps playing well, then you know that opens up opportunities for everyone else. Hopefully. And Hicks didn't even play. But that's that's the benefit of having Eddie Goldman back because Eddie Goldman can take the Hicks role. So if Hicks comes back too, Hicks, Goldman, Mac, Roquan Smith, and Jalen Johnson all playing. Jalen Johnson's playing great. So we we could have like five guys playing at a elite level yep. defensively. Eddie Jackson, I feel like anytime the other team gets a big gain, Eddie Jackson's around it. Like <laughs> it's his fault. Right. Not that it happened too much yesterday, but I think there was a couple a couple of their bigger games. There's Eddie Jackson. <laughs> right, right. Like teams pick on him now. He went from being a pro bowler to a weak link. The other thing that struck me about the Bears game, which I did watch a bit of, is how well the running attack was without Montgomery. Yeah. I, I thought Williams would do well because I think he's good. And I expect Herbert, who I don't know. It was a sixth round pick, maybe. Right. And he looked really good. Yep. But it's also the offensive line is pushing guys back. They looked real and good yesterday. The play calling, it's like don't do not give the play calling back to Nagy. Because <laughs> it was a perfectly call called game. Yeah. Just run it as much as possible. Fields had some good passes. The only thing I didn't like was that they had him do those runs. I'm like, don't have him do those runs. Yeah. And honestly, the best way for a real fast guy is not a planned run. It's where he's scrambling and all of a sudden he's got open field and he just takes off. He's got to watch himself, though. I mean, that he got hit that one time. The fields got nailed by that safety. Yeah, he's got a he's got a slide or he's got to run out of bounds. Really, but what I'm saying is. Like if he's if it's a passing down and guys are covered and he can take off, that's where he can get big chunks of yardage. I'll just while uh, being while being safe about it. A planned run is like you know he's going to get hit. Then I don't like them doing that. Like he's not he's not someone you should do that with yet. He's not any and uh, Brian actually pointed this out. He's not a big guy. He's not like Josh Allen when he runs. He's like knocking people. I don't see Fields as a guy who's going to knock people over when he's running. No, so they got to be careful about that. I feel like. You know, if teams know that uh, a quarterback can take off, that, you know, affects the way they rush the passer. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's that's what he could use his speed for. And he made some nice passes. He threw a really nice one to Mooney. He actually completed a pass to a tight end, which shocked me. Amazing. Tight end actually caught a pass. So the next two weeks are going to be tough, though, because we got the Packers and Tampa Bay. Yeah. I'm actually I'm – not, I'm not expecting us to beat either team, but it would be nice if – we were competitive. It's not like a 42 to 10 game or something like against right. them. If we compete against them, even if we don't win, then we can maintain our confidence because now the rest of the schedule looks pretty, not that hard, except for the Cardinals. We, we played the Cardinals. We're undefeated. But two games, the Vikings, the Lions, 49ers. We're not playing any killers besides Packers, Tampa Bay, and the Cardinals. So they could they could get to the playoffs if they're if they play like they did yesterday they'll definitely make it. Call me crazy, but uh, I think the Cardinals are not that good. They had trouble at home against San Francisco. I mean, they won, 
and uh, they're coming to uh, Cleveland. They're playing Cleveland next week, in Cleveland, and uh, I'm going to the game next uh, week. Yeah, my uh, my dad is getting uh, a hip replacement surgery, so I'm going home just to you know make sure that uh, you know no one just to make sure that people at the Cleveland clinic are doing their job. <laughs> Okay, I'll be right there. We're uh, getting faxes from the Cleveland Clinic right now. How <laughs> dare Beeve to besmirch our good name? Tell him. <laughs> but my brother-in-law has good tickets. Well, I don't know how good they are, but he has tickets. And um, so at home, um, you know, I expect, I mean, the Browns ostensibly should be 5-0. I mean, the, the, their two losses are games they were winning in the fourth quarter and really should have won. Um, I think they beat the Cardinals next week. It's a big game, and I think I, they'll win. They have to. I mean, I really, I really feel like they they've got to make a statement. They can't keep playing these games where they hang tough on the road and then come up on the short end. I mean, like two years ago, I'd have been like, "Hooray! They're playing a tough team, tough." Now they got to start winning these games. Yeah. And uh, so, and Baker Mayfield has got to prove that he can engineer a two-minute drive at the end of the game and win. And um, so, now that's hard to do on the road, very hard. He looked bad. He looked great all the way up until two minutes left in the game. Then he looked did not look good. It's like, damn it. Um, yeah. So, we'll see. But uh, I agree that the, uh, that the Bears – and you know what, Green Bay, uh, they – very nearly lost to the Bengals. So it's not like the Green Bay Packers are like completely invincible. I think that's a game that the Bears, if the defense shows up, they can hang tough with. It's, yeah, it's a total, it's going to kind of give us an idea of how the Bears are going to be this year. Yeah, we're going to get blown out. out. If they get blown out, who knows what's going to happen. If they play them tough, it might be a good year for the Bears. Because you know, the Rodgers has always had our number no matter how good our team is. He always figures out a way to beat us. The one thing you can say about Nagy is that this guy, I mean, talk about a guy with nine lives. He's constantly like just getting pushed to the edge where you're like, no way this guy coaches any more than one week. And yet he like responds. It's like he has to be painted into a corner where they're like, you're an idiot. You know, <laughs> one more screw up and you are out. And then he magically gets off the hot seat. Um I have to I have to give him credit for that. Um, well, they're looking more 2018 than how they've been the past two years because they've got their defense is playing great this year and Fields is doing decent. The running game's good, so it's almost like the same thing because Trubisky in 2018 he was having a decent year and the defense and the run game were really strong and that's how they I what they win that year 12 games yeah that's right 12 and 4 so it's almost like the same formula and uh the other team I root for are the Chiefs <laughs> our friend Stephen A. Smith is like the Chiefs are done <laughs> oh wow and I'm like the Chiefs are two and three they're not done I don't like the way they're playing but I think they'll snap out of it it's not like they're 0 and 5 it's a long season yeah, they're gonna. They're not. They're not looking good right now. But they. They still have all their guys. Their defense isn't good. I don't see the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl or anything this year. But I think they'll snap out of it enough to get into the playoffs at least. I fully expect the Chiefs to make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, that said, they're they Buffalo absolutely looked like the best team in the AFC in that game. There's no 
dive on. The Chiefs have a long way to go to get back to that, um, you know, level. Um, it seemed like there was a wide – I would have not have said – I was expecting a really close, tight game last night. I did not expect the Bills to look that much better than the Chiefs. So the Chiefs have a little ways to go, especially on defense. Well, I don't think their defense is going to be good. Yeah. But the thing they'll clean up is the mistakes they're making on offense. But like I said, I, they're they're not going to win the Super Bowl because that defense looks like the defense from three years ago where they just right. can't stop anybody. Yeah, but right. the Chiefs, I think their offense will get back to where they're going to win games just by outscoring people. But not they're not going to beat the good teams in the playoffs. It's a long season. They may figure things out, but it, it might you you might be right about the defense. It may be they may be who they may be who they are. If yeah. That makes any sense. Yeah, there's uh before we move on to I recommend there's two other sports notes. Yes. We we should talk Chicago Sky. Oh you yes. might bring a championship. Thirty one game one. And I've watched a couple of games. They look really good. Vandersloot, most fun name to say, but she is a really good point guard. She's got good court vision. She gets the ball to everybody. She can shoot threes. Candace Parker is really good. And she's like mid-30s. She's like a WNBA legend. Right. And how cool would it be? Because she went to school, I think, in Naperville. Yeah, I think she went to Naperville North. So how cool would it be to, you know, she brings a championship to Chicago. And they have Cooper, who is really quick. Have you seen anything, any of the games? I've just been reading about them. She's really quick. She's fun to watch. And uh, who's the other person on their team that I like? The uh, Shields comes off the bench. <laughs> I just think of... I think, I don't know if she's her, his daughter, Delano DeShields, or I think she's related to him in some way. Oh, really? Yeah. And they knocked off the one seed. So, and it's fun. It's fun watching them. They're a nice team. So I hope they can pull it off. Well, they're up by there. Is, is that a best of seven or best of five? No, they, best of five. Yeah. So they play Wednesday and then they come back to Chicago. So if they win Wednesday, they could win the championship. I don't know if they're going to be Friday or Saturday, but they could win the championship in Chicago if they win Wednesday. That, and they play a wind trust arena down downtown. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we looked into tickets sold out. Yeah. And they're getting celebrities chance. The rapper goes to their games. Oh, he's Rosen was there. Uh, Kobe white. Nice. Yeah. It's, but it's, it's, it's good. Basketball, I really like the way they play. And then the other sports note is your friend, J.R. Smith. Yes. Did you see this? I did. (laughs) He's the king. I was nervous. I was, said Smith, who shot a 12 over par 83 in round one, and then shot a seven over 78 in round two. I didn't really know what to expect. You know those J.R. Smith after parties are off the hook. I mean, those are must go to. Do you think he wears a shirt on the golf course? Oh, yeah, he does. 
Yeah, during the games or during the golf games, yes. Afterwards, hell no. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> he's the king. Yeah, he's kind of surprisingly humble though, because he's kind of like, ah, I don't know what all the fuss is. <laughs> but you're in the NBA and you're playing college golf, so yes. You know, if you had told me six, seven years ago when the Cavs traded for J.R. Smith and all the uh, all the uh, not not hate that I took, but all the jokes, all the party jokes, you told me that uh, six years later he will be playing college golf at uh, at North Carolina A and T. I would have never believed that. What that he's. <laughs> That he would golf? Yeah, I would have never believed that. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Probably will lead uh, North Carolina a TNT to a national golf championship. Anything else on uh, sports? No, we can move on to our I recommend. All right. You want to start? Uh, yeah, I'll go and, you know, I don't know that I would put it in the I recommend, but it was interesting. It's a book I just finished, and I know you've read it too. And it ties into our late night episode that we did a while back. And um, if you, the Jag Bags listener, ever want to look for a a past podcast of ours, I encourage you to listen to our late night um, podcast episode. That's one of my favorites. Um, and uh, Jason Zinnemann, who was who is the comedy critic at the New York Times, wrote a book that's just called Letterman, uh, the last giant of late night. And uh, I just finished it and uh, I enjoyed it. But I, and I know you've read it, too. I, I, I can't say if I would recommend it. I he was very big on like psychoanalysis of Letterman and he covered a lot of my, you know, favorite memories of Letterman. And, but I felt like the book was, I don't want to say the book was incomplete. Um, It definitely left me wanting more and which I guess is a good thing. And um, I also felt he painted Letterman just largely as this really miserable guy. <laughs> yeah, I think he was, though. Just, you know, hates himself and thinks what he does is awful. And, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, tries to be young and hits on all his hot female guests. And, uh, you know, just really um, kind of burns through writers or just doesn't even talk to them. Just sits alone in his office all day. And... Uh, um, so I just don't know what to think about the book. I've been thinking about it and I've been looking at a lot of past Letterman clips, you know, with all the uh, memories that if you are a, a David Letterman fan, you will enjoy this book just for the walk down memory lane alone, just all the bits and all the guests and all the, um, you know, just the signature eras of Letterman um, that part, I, if you are a fan, you will, you will definitely enjoy that part. Um, but I just wondered what you thought of it. Um, I, I thought it was like, I thought I wanted to know more about it. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. You loved it. I did. I, 
but yeah, it was one of my favorite books that year. I would yeah. recommend it. I would recommend it. I would too. I would. I I would be curious to hear uh, what uh, a person who didn't know anything about David Letterman would think of the book. Um, I feel like it's just for the fan. Um, I don't know though, because that's that's well, part of the reason I liked it is because Letterman isn't somebody you know a lot about. So this kind of gave you a little bit of a peek. Because he's not somebody for as big a star as he was. He's not somebody that you knew a ton about because he is him sitting in the office doesn't surprise me. Right. I mean, he basically, I think he like basically lives in the forest now. <laughs> yeah. He's he's just <laughs> that kind of a guy. I mean, I don't think he he doesn't hate people or anything, because there's a warmth to him, especially, you know, when there's somebody he really likes the people he really enjoys being around. But he <laughs> he kind of gets fed up quickly with certain people. <laughs> yeah. But I and, and I'm a big fan of Letterman too. So I I really liked it. Um yeah, that's my uh that's my uh, I recommend um it's, it's called Letterman the Last Giant of Late Night and uh by Jason Zinneman. It's very well written. Yeah, he's he's a good writer. And that actually, my, I recommend is kind of similar to yours because it's also a book and it's also one where I thought they could have gone a little deeper, but I still liked it enough to recommend it. And that's Steve Kerr. It's a biography of Steve Kerr by Scott Howard Cooper came out this year. And there's so much, I mean, Steve Kerr's life from the time he was in college was just chock full of events because you have the tragedy, like his, his father, this is not a spoiler. I mean, if you're going to read about Steve Curry, you probably know this already. His father got killed in Beirut. He was working there as like a professor, I think. Yeah. By terrorists, wasn't he? Yeah, basically. So that's, there's just so much going on it. You're almost like, well, they could have talked even more about all these things, but there's a lot to cover because he's this guy who didn't get a lot of recruiting in high school, manages to get on Arizona's team. They don't think he's going to play very much and he ends up starting on a final four team. Right. And so he goes from this almost overlooked high school player to go into the NBA. It's in the NBA somehow. People didn't expect him to make the NBA. Wins championships with the Bulls, wins championships with the Spurs. Then he makes a lot of money as an announcer because everybody really enjoys him. And then he coaches one of the best basketball teams of all time. So there's so much that you read it and you enjoy it, but you're like, man, you could have gotten into it a little bit more. So I don't know how much cooperation he had with Steve Kerr. It doesn't say it's an unauthorized biography. So maybe he did talk to him, but I still feel like it could have been, it's a good book, but I think it could have been a great book if they would have dug deeper. But if you're a Steve Kerr fan, definitely read it. I, uh, 
I like Scott Howard Cooper too. I think he used to be an ESPN columnist and isn't he a beat writer for the Warriors? I don't even know. I didn't, I didn't I yeah. I, I enjoyed his columns, although I haven't heard from him recently. I think he used to be a semi-regular, um, but I liked his writing. And would it have hurt him to have one chapter on Judd? <laughs> the the book is about Steve Kerr, not about one chapter. Judd Bushmill. It should have. Oh, watch it! <laughs> you could add it. What? Just slip in one chapter. The Bushler factor. Yes. I mean, he was Kerr's teammate in college and in the pros. I think that Bushler you- factor. He probably would have sold. Thousands more copies if he would have given us more insight into the man, the legend, Judd Bushler. I think that uh, Regency, I didn't realize that Regency Van Pelt, your agent, also represents Judd uh, Bushnew. Um, and, uh, Bushler. Bushler, sorry. I didn't realize Regency is also representing him. This is you, uh, You've never bought any Bushler Beach Volleyball merch? <laughs> I haven't. Are you ghostwriting his biography called All Me? We're working on it since me and him are both clients of Regency. We've had a couple meetings. Yeah. (laughs) You guys have a lot of meetings. (laughs) Regency loves meetings. He's old fashioned. He doesn't really like the internet. So he's an in-person guy. He's an in-person guy. He's a glad hander. My favorite bit of Bushler merchandise is the Bush or the Beach. Yes. That's my favorite. I wear that t-shirt all the time. I'm going to get another one. It's starting can to wear I, out. It's starting to fray. Can I have one? Uh, I, you don't no. even know how to say his name correctly. I just keep I sent I sent you I sent your brother one. I sent Iva one and I sent Christopher Markham one. These are the these are your uh, future ghost hosts that you're grooming. <laughs> I'm not saying a word. Regency says it's best to keep it under the radar. Oh, Another reason why he doesn't like the internet. Mysterious Len. He says internet equals leaks. <laughs> John Gruden would agree with you. Mm-hmm. Never use email. Never. Regency strictly a rotary phone kind of guy. <laughs> Uh, should we uh, move on to Rolling Stone? Yes, and I think since you put so much work in, you should start with yours. Oh, I mean, I really went above and beyond this week. I not only did one album, I did two. Wow. Yes. Jagbag's history, everyone. Yes. Beave immersed himself in two not one. Wild week for bees. I mean, I'm exhausted from all the work. <laughs> I could barely get out of bed this morning. Um, the first <laughs> album that I am... Uh, well, please, tough it out. Please, no jokes. Uh, the first uh, album, and you know, it's interesting because uh, my parents had this record growing up, and I just, for whatever reason, I would listen to the first song, Mother and Child Reunion, and then just kind of turn it over, listen to me and Julio down by the schoolyard, and that was it for uh, Paul Simon's debut album, self-titled debut album. 
Never did listen yep. to the whole thing in full. So I did, and I really liked it. It it's not nearly as polished as Bridge Over Troubled Water, um, which was uh, his last uh, effort um, with the Art Garfunkel. So it feels like it's fragments and bits and pieces of songs, but uh, overall, I like it. I really like Duncan. Um, yes, Duncan's a great song. And uh, I also uh, really liked uh, Paranoia Blues, more for the lyrics. Um, and uh, but the whole album is kind He's of. He's a great songwriter. Paul, Paul Simon's in my top ten songwriters. Yeah, great lyrics. Um, very kind of stream of consciousness. I know that Sean Penn kind of uh, reaches for the Paul Simon aesthetic in his fiction. Uh, doesn't <laughs> quite uh, achieve it. Uh, but I would recommend this. I would I would say this is a top 500 album, but I feel like it's a little high. I feel like maybe like in more of the high 400s. I, I, I feel like he's done a lot better, but this is, that said, this is really good. Um, the next album that I um, uh, put myself completely into is number <laughs> 424, and that is the album Odele by Beck. And uh, this album was a huge smash. Um, and... Uh, that was one of those albums that I like. I heard a couple times because everyone and their mother was talking about oh, this is the most brilliant tour de force album I have ever heard. This will change the way you think about me. <laughs> and I was. I have a few things to say about Beck when you're done with your review. And I was always like, and and a lot of my peers at the factory. Um, theater in Chicago were way down on him. They're always like, F this guy. Who does he think he is? What a hipster, a, a, a you know, a culture appropriator, you know, all kinds of the disparaging terms for him. And, um, and I grew to kind of like Beck later, but I never did get to Odele. And I feel like even though this album is really popular, I feel like he's done a lot better ones. Um, and, uh, and this one I feel is the people had it right. I feel it is a little overrated. I mean, he has a lot of great ideas and there's a couple songs that I really do like. Um, but for the most part, I didn't, I don't see what the big deal is with Odele. I, I feel like he's done much better. And uh, over the years I've come to, you know, I'm a Beck fan. I like him. Um, but I would, I wouldn't even say this is top five. Back. I disagree. Oh, I love do you? Yes. We played the new pollution at our wedding. Really? Yes. So I just devil's haircut. I love devil's haircut. Yeah. That's probably my favorite song on the album and where it's at was my theme song for a while. I remember, <laughs> I remember it was when I was living with Kevin. And him and Joe Rockoff were sitting on the couch, and I put on where it's at, and I go, guys, my theme song. And I just strolled in. <laughs> <laughs> where it's at. Yeah, I, lo I love Beck. I was listening to Beck the other day, and Henry was all fascinated by the, 
album cover for I think it was Midnight Vultures. He's like, yeah. what's this crazy cover? I, and we saw him around that time. We saw him in concert at UAC. And he was good. And I remember real clearly, he was on stage and he'd say stuff like, who likes aromatherapy? <laughs> Just being ridiculous. So, but I think this this is probably, for me, I think this is his second best album. I think his uh, mournful ballad one is my favorite, and this is this is second. Yeah, I like, I, a, I like a lot of Beck. I was listening to all these Beck songs. I'm like, man, I gotta listen to Beck more. And I like him. I, like I said, I saw him in concert. I have a I have a lot of his albums. Yeah, I just you know sometimes you just forget to listen. You're like, man, he's really good. I gotta I gotta listen to him more. I agree. I really do like Beck. I love. Uh, mutations um i really like sea change um i really like yeah sea change sea change is the best album sea change is the best album you that's like a departure that's like a departure from that's just a straight up ballads and it's it's fantastic kind of folk same as same with yeah yeah it's almost like a nick drake album in a way you could tell he's a fan of that type of uh, genre yeah um, and his last two albums were really hyperspace and colors. I really liked both of those. Those didn't yep. really. Sound. I don't think he. I don't think he has a for me at least. I don't think he has a bad album. I would disagree. He put out another folk album called Morning Phase, and uh, and I was really looking forward to that when I heard it was like kind of in the realm of sea change and mutations, and uh, I was. Maybe I just had too high um, expectations. I was disappointed. Um, you know what? Yeah. I mean, that's not as good. It's not nearly as good as Sea Change, but I like it. Mm -hmm. I think that's the one. I think he won a Grammy for that. He may have. And that's probably his. I don't even know. I, would, I don't even know where I'd rank it, but it wouldn't be. It might probably wouldn't be in his top five for me. Yeah, he's got um, a lot. Of, he's got a lot of really good records, but you would say Odile is number two. <laughs> It won best, yeah, it won album of the year. Morning phase. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember being surprised by it because I listened to it and I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, I like it, but it's not as good as his other stuff. And then it wins a Grammy. Of course, because that's what the Grammys do. Mm -hmm. um, I would, so you would say Odile is his second best album. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, it doesn't even make his top five. But well, you're not as cutting edge as me. I was on Odile right away. I, 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 my, I, my opinion means more because I immersed myself <laughs> in a full lay down and soak, soaked the record into my. Pool. So my twenty something years of listening to it doesn't matter. <laughs> Irrelevant. <laughs> All right. Let's talk the three I listened to. Okay. Almost there. I'm three away from finishing this Sisyphean task oh, that, we, <laughs> that we did. We started when 40 something podcasts ago. <laughs> first began. Might even be 50 now. It may be. So the first, uh, I'll do it in order of where they're ranked. 
I listened to Kaleidoscope. Is it Keyless? Is that how you say her name? Uh, you're asking the wrong guy. I, my pronunciation skills are in the toilet. No idea. Anyways. <laughs> and I just thought it was okay. And Rolling Stone, but it didn't really grab me. So... I'm not really sure. I, I, I think I almost feel like they put it in there because the Neptunes are on it. Like this yeah. is an early thing with Farrell Williams and all that. But you would think a date. There's usually a debut album. It's it's almost easier for you you to like a debut album because this person's new to you. It's a new voice. It's a new type of thing, and those are usually the ones you can get into right away because oh, this is something I haven't heard before, but. It didn't do much for me. I'm going to try to listen to it one more time, but kind of a, right now I'm calling it a miss. And then uh, my next one, number four, Simono, My House by Sparks. Yeah. So I knew, a, I knew a tiny bit about Sparks. I actually listened to their new album, which I think is good. My yeah. main memory of them before listening to their new album this year was... <laughs> They would always talk about their keyboardist just being a weirdo who would, you know, raise his finger up and then put one finger on the keyboard to play it. <laughs> and I remember them being on SNL and I'm like, who are these weirdos? You know, like, <laughs> a kid. but they've been around forever, forever. and they're super respected and they have a documentary out that everybody's talking about. I'm going to watch that soon. Maybe that'll be one of my high recommends if I like it. But what I was surprised is how energetic this album is. Because yeah. like I said, my memory is I'm just being like these weirdos. <laughs> so you're like, I'm expecting like craft work or something. <laughs> but it was really good. I They're mean, wilder it's, it's than a, craft work. It's a yeah. nice high energy album. So and if they're as influential as they say, I feel like maybe they, they should be up even higher as far as Rolling Stone standards. You like this though? Did you did you know this one at all? Yes, I did. I really like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I really did. I thought it was very good. I'm a Sparks fan in general. Yeah, yeah. So again, this is why we're doing this. Find, finding new stuff to listen to. So right. I will add this to my playlist. And my final one. This might be one of the first ones you did. And that's Suicide by Suicide. Yeah, I need to know what you thought of that. <laughs> I know you didn't like it, but I, I kind of liked it. What? I did. I kind of liked it. Uh, I thought it was so, uh, my Lord. What, <laughs> what was your problem with it? I just was like, it was each song sounded the same and they were... Uh, and it was just like kind of like whispering or like mumbling and there was no melody whatsoever. I just didn't, I just didn't get it. I, I like the mood they create though. And I feel like the first half of the album is better than the second half, right. but I did, I did like it. I will give it, and I'll give it another chance too. And yeah, cause I remember, <laughs> I remember you're not liking it. So when I put it on, I was like, all right. <laughs> and 
they also have a song about Ghostwriter, which I appreciate because when I was a kid, I read the Ghostwriter comic. And it is very underappreciated comic. The movies are terrible. Don't go see the movies. We still need to make a good Ghostwriter movie. It's out there. So hopefully somebody will figure it out. Maybe they'll have a Ghostwriter Disney Plus series. Well, so I'm like three away, Beeve, three away. And then the week after that, I think I will do our percent, my percentages. Yep. The yeses, the maybes, and the downright noes. And I'll there see what go. I come up with. And then I will do my own personal top 500, which all of you are dying to hear. I know. Oh, <laughs> it's going to be a Jag Bags Technicolor event. Len's top 500 favorite albums. Former Bulls star Jim Bushton has been faxing me saying, when is Len going to do his top five, his own personal top 500? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to have some things to talk about with Regency tomorrow. I think I mispronounced his name again. I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> Len takes this very seriously. Really. Let's move on to the main subject of our podcast, which is (laughs) t-shirts. Comfort. Oh, I'm sorry. We changed it. Yes, we changed Uh, it. I had a whole speech, but I forgot. Okay. (laughs) But this was a very hard task. Oh, my God. To pick. Did you call it 10 best actresses or favorite? I thought you said, did you say favorite? I mean, at the how did you do yours? Did you pick your favorites or did you pick who you think the best is? Because there's a there's a difference. You know, I guess if I had to do it, I'd have to say my favorite. But I think they're the best. Um, Yeah, mine is more the best because there's some actresses I really like for, you know, different kind of reasons that I didn't didn't necessarily put in the top 10 because maybe they haven't been in the best movies. So I tried to pick 10 actresses that I feel like had at least a good chunk of really good performances, despite I tried not to pick just my favorites. Like Diane Lane didn't make it. So she's going to be very angry with me. Oh, she's already, she's camped outside uh, our home right now. Uh, she, <laughs> she was considered though. I did look up her history. That just reads betrayal. <laughs> and after all I've done for you, uh, I sent Jesse out with some brownies. So she seems to be better. <laughs> thank you jesse yeah thank you for patching up my relationship with diane lane right it has been documented on facebook for years <laughs> so <laughs> so do you want to go backwards from 10 to 1 yeah we'll do that and how about this so after we do our 10 depending on how much time we have left yeah. do you want to do a rapid fire other actresses we consider and you say yes or no if you agree that they were worthy of consideration. Yeah, because I've got much. like I've got a whole list of names that I was like I can't include them even though I love them. Yeah. Okay. So let's start. I want to say one thing before we start, though, for all of you who are ready to fax beef. <laughs> I do not know a lot about movies pre pre nineteen seventy. Okay. So there's not going to be a lot of old time there's not gonna be any old time actresses i'll be honest with you i don't know how beads is gonna be but mine will not i apologize for that that's just not my area of expertise all good and you know i also um my list is also pretty contemporary in fact i don't think i have any uh pre-19 
1960. I think I've got some from the 60s, 70s, and on up to today. Uh, I, too, uh, do not have any actresses uh, pre-1960 on my list as well. So I think we're pretty aligned there. Unless Olivier was in drag. I would put that number one for all time. Because <laughs> there no are secret like Olivier movies that will be no. unearthed. Much like the endless vault of Prince music, there are endless Olivier movies where he played a femme fatale. Olivier as a woman, and it will be glorious. Uh, I would vote for him a million times over. Let's get to it. All right. Um, do you want to... Uh, I can just go through... My top 10 and then you do yours or vice versa? No, let's go. Let's go back and forth. Okay. All right. Who is your uh, number 10 best actor? My number 10, and I put her number 10 because I wanted to put the best TV performance I've ever seen as my number 10. Okay. And that's Carrie Coon. Ooh. And she was, the performance I'm talking about is the first season of The Leftovers. I thought she was amazing on that show. In season one, have you ever seen the show? No. Season one is, is fantastic. And it's mainly because of her. It's it's about, The Leftovers is, it's Tom Perota book. You know Tom Perota, right? Yep. It's about an event happens where a bunch of people just are gone. And it's just like there's religious implications and, but these people are gone and nobody knows what happened. Like they just disappeared. Yeah. So it feels like a rapture of sorts. Right. And Carrie Coon, her whole family is gone, her husband and her kids. And just the way she plays it is you just feel every emotion she's feeling. She's, a, she's yeah. also done. She's a Steppenwolf. Oh, go ahead. She's a Steppenwolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's married to Tracy Letts. Yep. And but this, yeah, this is some of the best acting I've ever seen. And she also was really good in a show called The Sinner. Have you ever seen The Sinner? Uh, yes. Did you see the she season was, she was in? Yeah, she was. Um, I I did. And she was great. Um, yeah, she's she really has. A, I think this is with almost all the actors on the list. There's just a presence to them in a like a strength and she's almost she's she in the center she's super creepy yeah in the leftovers she's just like i said you feel every emotion she feels and then another one she just had a movie with jude law called the nest where basically jude law is her husband and he's trying to pretend he's rich and he's not and just all the stuff that happens. And, you know, she's good in that too. So I'm acting roles. She, uh, I really enjoyed her in Fargo. Um, I thought she was, I haven't seen that and I like Fargo, but that's the one season I haven't watched any of yet. Yeah. uh, She she play a cop in that. Yeah. And I agree with you about her presence. She kind of sneaks up. There's a lot of, you know, it's it's Ewan McGregor is really kind of the star of that episode. And Carrie Coon is um, the investigating officer. And it's not through halfway through the season where you are like, boy, Carrie Coon's really good in this. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I felt like she needed to have a spot in there. That's your 10th uh, yeah. best actress of all time. Yep. Uh, my 10th is a, uh, is a, um, 
She's been around since the early 60s and in various uh, stages of acceptance and popularity. Uh, and it's Sally Field. And uh, I think Sally Field is, she's, uh, sh I like her because she's very versatile. She can do kind of like the light, kind of like the gidget type um, roles. But then you put her in like a uh, kind of a substantial role and she's really good, really good. Um, I mean, Smokey and the Bandit, uh, Soap Dish, uh, Murphy, <laughs> Murphy's Romance. I mean, these are great, great performances. Uh, but then she's also great in Punchline and uh, Norma Ray and Lincoln with uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. There's some intense scenes where Sally Field is more than holding her own uh, with, um, you know, with Daniel Day-Lewis, who's widely, you know, regarded and respected as, um, uh, you know, one of our, you know, best uh, actors. And uh, so that's when I was like, okay, she's a great actress. Um, yeah, well, she's she won for Norma Ray. Yeah, and she also she's won- She's been nominated for, uh, a few times. Yeah. Did you win twice? Uh, she won for Places in the Heart. Yeah, so she won twice. Yeah, so she's really well-respected. You almost forget that later in their careers. I mean, and she kind of, uh, she kind of did, her career did kind of take a bit of a hit. Um, and, uh, but I mean, she recovered and she's too good to keep down. I so. might... <laughs> My favorite scene in Soap Dish that she does is when she goes to the mall just because she wants to have her fans <laughs> notice her. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. She's fantastic in that movie. Yeah, she that's that's a good one. So, yeah, that's my number 10, Sally Field. Um, all right, what's your number nine? My number nine, I also like Carrie Coon, best TV performance. I wanted to include one of my favorite movie performances. And I actually almost put her up higher, and that's Naomi Watts. Yeah, she's great. Mulholland Drive. That's that might be one of my favorite movie performances. Yeah, because she does everything in that movie. She's. I really think good. she's this. She's like this downer luck person. She's this confident actress. The scene where she does the scene with the veteran actor is amazing. Yeah. I, uh, I, she should have won an Oscar for that one. Right. I, I was so impressed. And, and she followed up not a couple years later with 21 grams, which I also think is one of the best yeah. Yeah. performances, just two, two great ones. And it, it's kind of, she doesn't really get the do too much lately, or she just hasn't really had a great part But those, just for those two alone. I could put her at number nine. She's also really good. Do you ever see Fair Game? No, I never did see that. Fair Game is about, it's like that FBI agent that gets outed. Valerie, I think what's her name? Valerie Plain, maybe, is her name? Yeah, the, um, yep. That's really good, too. I want to see that. And kind of like 21 Grams, where it's just this whole performance, because she's, you know, messed up on drugs and everything. There's a movie, The Impossible, where she's caught in a hurricane and like her, she doesn't know where her family went. And that's like her wheelhouse almost, where just when these things happen, just the look on her face and how strong of a performer she is with that kind of material. Yeah. Um, I think she's, uh, 
I really like her just because she's someone that you really can't take your eyes off of, which you could say about all actresses, but she just really commands the screen, um, you know, in every scene, even with like some A-list actors. Uh, she's someone who's just always doing something interesting. Yep. Yeah. I want her to get another really good part like Mulholland Drive and 21 Grams, though. Yeah. Yeah, she might. Uh, I'm sure she I'm sure she will. Um, cause, uh, although she's kind of, I don't know, I haven't heard her name recently, mm -hmm. but that's because I watch a lot of YouTube and, uh, I also watch a lot of karate instruction videos. So that could be why. Okay. What's your number nine? <laughs> <laughs> My number nine is the Australian actress, Tony Collette. Um, I really like her. I think she's another one that is uh, she she makes interesting um, she makes interesting uh, you know role choices and it's very kind of uh, she's all over and she does a great job with um, with them and she does a lot of like characters that are very um, interesting. And uh, I like I like an actress who can just really just create like a character where you forget you're watching the actress. And um, just from, you know, Knives Out, I thought she was great in Knives Out. I thought she was great in Hereditary. Uh, Krampus, do you ever see Krampus? I did not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's just a stupid kind of like, um, uh, you know, Christmas comedy horror film with Adam Scott from Parks and Rec. And, uh, it's it's good and she's great um and and then uh fright night the remake i really liked uh little miss sunshine uh about a boy uh the sixth sense i could go on and on um but every time i see her i'm like she's great really excellent actress um yeah she's on she's on she was on my list she didn't make my top 10 but she was considered oh i know <laughs> When I sent her her congratulations uh, uh, letter and uh, flower basket saying she had been named to my top 10, she said, this honor is somewhat empty because I did not make lens. I got a little rejection <laughs> letter. And uh, so you just tell them I'm a little PO. My top 10 got a Jagbags plaque <laughs> and a, um, a Fedora Jasmine Cola. I also sent all the them a lot of Fedora Jasmine swag that you keep mailing to my home <laughs> the other day. Like, I can't get rid of it. So I said, Tony, I've got some exciting Fedora Jasmine merch for you. I've got bobbleheads. I've got drink cozies. I've got, um, yeah, just you name it, really. Yeah, I'm trying to get one of the actresses to do a commercial for Fedora Jasmine Cola. So that was part of the reasoning for sending them. Sent them a six pack each. I've never gotten so many joyous texts. Yes, yes. I'm like yes, I, Naomi, you're welcome, Naomi. You're I was welcome. I was hospitalized by the Fedora Jasmine Cola. <laughs> <laughs> too, too much flavor. Uh. It is. It's a wave. <laughs> it is a wave of delight. Oh man! And only the truly strong can endure it. That's not me. Yep. Uh, what was your number nine? 
I did my number nine. Oh, you did your number nine. Okay, number eight. I meant number eight. Who's your number eight? My number eight is Rachel McAdams. Hmm. I like Rachel McAdams. <laughs> she did not make my top ten, but uh, I really I like her. Yeah, I think she's great. Her big role was Mean Girls. Yep. They got her go, and she makes that movie. I mean, it's a great movie, but she's perfect in that part. I don't think you could have had anyone better than her in that one. And one thing they also noticed while going through my list is some of these actresses, they'll have such a good performance, even if the material is not the best. And she was in season two of True Detective, which is not good. But the scene she's in, she makes good. Because yeah. season, season one was great. So I was excited. Okay, season two was her and Colin Farrell. And they both do a pretty decent job, but the rest of it is just not good at all. Yeah. But I kept watching it because her, her stuff was. And uh, another movie, her, I, mean, I, I tried to pick out like at least three performances. I mean, I liked her. I've liked her in a lot of stuff. But one that maybe not a lot of people have seen is a movie called Disobedience, which is her and Rachel, Rachel Weiss. And yeah. Rachel McAdams is married. And I think they're uh, maybe, I, mean, I might get this wrong, but I think they're Orthodox Jewish. And her and Rachel Weiss end up becoming lovers. And it's a it's a good movie, but it, it, somehow that movie got went under the radar. I don't think a lot of people have seen it, but she's really good in it. Like she always is. Yeah, she really is. I I can't. I'm trying to think of a bad of like where a Rachel McAdams performance. I'm like, eh, and I can't think of one. Nope. She's really strong. Yep. Yeah, and she's got range too because she'll do a goofy movie like. Eurovision with Will Ferrell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, hold and hold her own with, you know, I mean, it's 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 hard to do comedy when you're somebody who's known more for drama because she had just done like spotlight and things like that. But then she'll do like a small part in Doctor Strange or yeah, boxing movie with Jake Gyllenhaal and romantic comedy. She does a lot of different stuff. So I'm looking forward to her her career getting even better that's why i like i like someone with a lot of range and yeah. or you know like again just like doing interesting stuff with like as acting as like characters like my one-man show well that's called uh that's just called jag <laughs> my my favorite is when you uh are talking when your character is judd buchler uh fan that's when you uh, walk out and pretend to play volleyball with them. And um, it's good stuff. Riveting. Yeah, really tugs at the heart. Yep. Glad, Roger, glad you enjoyed it. Roger Ebert said that was one of your his favorite your favorite characters ever on his deathbed. I think he talked about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little known fact. Not many people know that. Not many people know that. That Norm McDonald joke about the deathbed. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't have bought that deathbed. <laughs> um, my number eight is pretty unconventional, but I think it's unconventional in the fact that this is an actress who has been around forever and I feel consistently does just great work, but because she is primarily comedy, 
um, I feel she gets overlooked, but I think she's just a terrific actress. And that's Catherine O'Hara. Um, I just think, you know, just her character on SCTV alone, just Lola Heatherton. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, Dusty Town, uh, yeah, Sally O'Malley. <laughs> And uh, and then just uh, Brooke Shields or Brooke Shields uh, impersonation. That's okay. I did it on purpose. <laughs> I mean, come on. And uh, she was constantly just outstanding. Um, and then not to mention her movie career, you know, with all the, um, you know, the waiting for Guffman and um, you know, all the Christopher Guest movies. Um, you know, even Home Alone, you know, she's really is the glue that holds that movie together. That movie's kind of silly. Um, and then of course, Shits Creek. I mean, she may have saved the best for last. Um, Shits Creek, she is just consistently the best. And my favorite, uh, so many great performances. Really, Catherine O'Hare is my favorite part of Shits Creek. And, um, you know, it's just, it's great to see. I think that, you know, you know, yeah, yeah, she never took on like a, you know, a juicy kind of meaty dr- dramatic role. But I think it's just as impressive to have such a long and distinguished comedy career where you're still relevant. You're doing kind of a young person's game and your characters are still, you know, rich and varied as ever. So I really just um, she's always been a favorite of mine. And I'm just so glad I feel like she's more popular than ever before now than she was, you know, in this seventies and eighties. Yeah. I, I, well, two things about her. One is what you just said is now people are just treating her like a legend. Right. Now they're like, Oh yes. Catherine O'Hara is, is the best. And well, two other things. One other thing is she made that one movie where it's about a woman who thinks she's going to get nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. One of the uh, Christopher Guest movies. And yeah. then they were talking about her actually getting nominated for that. But then she didn't get nominated. <laughs> but at least now she's won Emmys and stuff. Yeah. And SCTV, the first thing I think of with SCTV is how hard I used to laugh at it. Yeah. I got yelled at my dad so many times for <laughs> laughing so loud at that while she was, he was trying to sleep. <laughs> and that cast is just so incredible, all those people. And and look at how great their careers have been. They're all still doing stuff. Yeah. Martin Short and Eugene Levy. Uh, it's John, it's just John Candy. Well, he's not around anymore, but John Candy had a nice career. Rick Moranis. Rick Rick Moranis just, you know, same thing. Rick Moranis would still be doing stuff, but he he just decided to move out of the spotlight. Right. And uh, yeah, it was what a great, what a great amount of talent on that show. One of my favorites. Agreed. And since I, I I knew that you were going to put at least one comedy actress, I decided to put at least one comedy actress in mine. I almost put Tina Fey in there. (laughs) No, I mean, I know you don't like her, but I love Tina Fey. But I thought as far as acting, I put Julia Louis-Dreyfus in as my number seven. She was definitely on my, she was definitely on my list. 
Just, I, I mean, even if she, she only did Veep, because Veep is great. She's great. Incredible. Yeah. And like what we talked about when we first started talking about these actresses is the presence and just like a sharpness to her. Yes. <laughs> just every way, the way she delivers the lines. And she, <laughs> her physical comedy is always really good, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's some good stuff on Veep and the ridiculous <laughs> Elaine dance on Seinfeld. So funny. And I mean, her and Kramer were my favorites on Seinfeld. Yeah. And, and Veep is, she's, I feel like she doesn't come off selfish either. She's fine with having all these hilarious people around her. There, there doesn't seem to be an ego to her stuff. No. And, and she then, really, she blends in, and uh, even though, and then when you like see her in something else, like she's in some, she's been in Marvel movies lately, and she just really leaps out of the screen. Yeah, that's that's how I reacted to Black Widow when she showed up. You're like, oh, right, you know, right. you're like, cool, Julia Louis Dreyfus, and two other parts of hers that people don't talk about as much as she's in a movie called Enough Said. Her and James Gandolfini. Right. That's a good movie. Pretty much overlooked. Mm -hmm. And I mean, most big fans of comedy know Arrested Development, but she was really funny on Arrested Development as the supposedly blind lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) That was that was a great part for her, too. So she's a I thought she was a good choice for number seven. Agreed. Yeah, she's she's terrific, um, and uh, there's so many like I you know as far as like comedy actresses go, and I have no doubt that if she wanted to do something serious, she'd be terrific. Um, and, yeah, I think so. You know, but I, comedy is you know it's it's funny because you know that's where you, you know, sometimes I feel like you just get the most instant gratification. Yeah, that's that's what you wonder sometimes. Is it do they just keep doing it because they love comedy or right. is it they're afraid to try something else? But I don't know. I would be, <laughs> I'm sure if I was a comedic actor, I'd want to just keep doing comedy all the time because it's, it's gotta be so much fun. Especially if you're on set with these great casts, all these hilarious people. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I agree. And, uh, um, you know, it's, uh, it's funny. And I feel comedy actresses are sometimes overlooked. And so I want to try to, um, you know, give them some love on, at least on this list. Cause I feel like yeah, I'm, glad, I'm glad you did because I probably would have, I might not have put one on there. Yeah. But now at least they have one in there. I've got a few more, um, yeah. but we'll, uh, we'll keep going. Um, we're up to number seven. Mm-hmm. And my choice for number seven is is tough, but I went with uh, Octavia Spencer, um, whom I think is has been around forever, and uh, she uh, she's just been she's had like a really long career, and I really like a lot of her performances. She's another one with just a presence that you really don't. Um, I mean, she's one of those people that you're like, oh, she was in that, she's that person. She was like the wacky receptionist 
or the um, you know the funny um, you know ticket taker in uh, Spider-Man Two, or she's she's been around forever, but she really has broken through in the last decade. And just yeah, I think I think the help was her breakthrough. It was. She was great in that. And she was in Fruitvale Vale Station. Did you ever see that? Yeah, that's a good movie. She's really good in that. Um, self-made. She was really good in that. What's that? I don't even know what that is. What's that? Um, self-made. She she plays a she plays a, of course she plays a maid, and uh, um, she um, it's set in um, it's on Netflix, and uh, it's basically she is or she was a maid and she basically rose from poverty to build a beauty empire it's based on a true story and uh and she became the first female self-made millionaire and um so it's just all it's just kind of like a rags to riches type of story and uh but she's terrific in it she really carries the movie um tiffany haddish is in it um garrett morris is in it morris. <laughs> and bill bellamy um but she's really just Bill Bellamy. <laughs> Bill Bellamy is in it, and uh, she's excellent in it. And she, I mean, she she really carries the movie. It's on it's on Netflix. Yep. Um, and uh, and then she's also uh, um, did, you, did you ever see Get On Up the uh, James Brown? No, I did not. Chadwick Boseman. Uh, she's great in that. Who does yeah. she play in that? Uh, I think she plays. Uh, she plays James Brown's mother. Yeah. Um, so she's uh, she's terrific in that. And then Truth Be Told, which is on Apple TV, she plays kind of a, it's kind of like, I don't want to say it's like murder she wrote, but she's a podcaster and she gets really uh, involved in the lives of the stories that she is podcasting. And then there's like a murder involved. Um, we're watching season two where Kate Hudson is very obviously, you know, the killer. And it's kind of a cat and mouse on how she's stalking Kate Hudson. And, uh, but she's really good in it. Mm-hmm. And then finally she was in hidden figures. Um, yeah. Very good in that. So she is my number seven. Okay. My number six is Michelle Williams. And it's all just because of Dawson's Creek. You- <laughs> if she can get on stage and handle the Vanderbeek, she can do anything. Oscars. <laughs> Both they should just name the Oscar after her. <laughs> but she has two of my favorite performances ever. One is besides Dawson's Creek, besides yeah. ha- handling the beak. Yes. And that is Blue Valentine, which is her and Ryan Gosling. Right. Yeah, it's about their disintegrating marriage, and she's fantastic in it. She should have won Oscar for that. And then the other one <coughs> I think is great is Take This Waltz. It's her, Seth Rogen, Sarah Silverman. Another one of those under the radar ones, but she's just, it's like her movie. And it's just, I recommend it. If you haven't seen that one, that's the one to see. Yeah. 
And she's good. She's she's great and everything. I've not seen that. Yeah. And uh Brokeback Mountain, of course, she's in. Right. And she got nominated for the one she did with Casey Affleck, and she's barely in it, but her presence is just so strong they nominated her for that. <laughs> I know she's gonna she'll get an Oscar soon. She's that good. No, <laughs> no, it's funny though, is she's somehow ended up in both Venom movies. <laughs> <laughs> like she's in all these tragic, just super intense dramas. And then she's like, all right, I'll be in Venom in the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of want her to like, let's let, let her do one comedy at least. And I guess she was on an episode of Cougar Town, but I think she was on that because her best friend's Busy Phillips and she was on Cougar Town. So she like played her friend on it. But definitely uh, Oscar's in her future, I'm sure. I think so. She's really, um, and she's very talented and uh, I feel like her best you know, work is ahead of her. She's already done great work. So just, yeah, just a matter of time. Agreed. What's your number six? All right. Again, this this uh, choice is a bit unconventional, but I feel like she was all so overlooked, and I feel like she could have had a pretty brilliant career coming out of Saturday Night Live. But Gilda Radner um, mm-hmm. was. Um, I, I I just think she was just so um incredibly talented and i just her i mean we talked about Catherine o'hara's uh characters but i mean her character is her roseanne rosanna dana and emily emily latella the uh you know the um elderly and hearing impaired editorialists who made <laughs> these irate comments Everything she did, and I said that was hilarious. Candy slice, candy slice, Lisa rock, rock against yeast. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa Luber, that's so funny. I forgot to laugh, Todd. She was, yes, she was incredible. I just everything she either her Lucille Ball impersonation, um, just all of her, um, you know, just the characters that she created. It was just sort of like, um, uh, the gymnast, I'm trying to think of the, the Eastern European gymnast that she did. Uh, anyway, she was a riot. And, um, and I feel like after she left SNL, you know, her movie career never got going the way her contemporaries did. But I just feel like there was just a matter of picking the right script. And I feel like, you know, she would have, uh, I feel like she would have figured it out and been, you know, had just a, a career every bit the equal of Bill Murray's or, you know. Yeah, Bill. I could, I mean, I think that would have happened. It's one of the great, what kind of what if stories of, of how. Yep. Like. Yeah, like a Catherine O'Hara type renaissance. Absolutely. If she would have stayed healthy. Yeah, that's, that's just sad. Yeah. But she, yeah, she was so great. On SM. Very tragic tale. Yep. And, um, yeah, even like the uh, her appearance, she was. Uh, I saw a couple of her appearances on Letterman. Hilarious. 
they uh, they called her uh, they called her mom. Uh, Dave Dave Letterman called her mom because her mom was the uh, um, inspiration for a few of her characters, and uh, it was really hilarious. <laughs> and uh, you could just tell that, like, I don't know. I felt like she's only forty two when she died. Yeah, that's just awful. Yeah. Yep. So that's my that's my number six. Okay. My number five. I don't know your thoughts on her, but it might be controversial because she's one of the most popular actresses in the world. But there's a backlash to her, and I think it's some people just dislike her for some reason. I think they think she comes off like she's better than them or something. I don't know. I've always liked her, and that's. Julia Roberts is my number five. Really? Yes. Why do you and like the, her? What? Why do you like her? Well, initially, for obvious reasons. Ah. <laughs> I was watching Mystic Pizza, and I was like, who is that? <laughs> and, but when I was going through all the actors today, I was, I was looking at her career, and I was like, she's got a lot of really good performances. Her most recent one that I liked a lot was Homecoming. Did you watch that show? No, I didn't see Homecoming. I She got good reviews. That was a great show. Great show. Watch it. It's on Amazon season one, and she's really good in it. And I don't know when this movie came out. It came out a few years ago, at least. And I think she got nominated for it for Supporting Actress, and that was August Osage County. Did you see that movie? Yeah, she was good. It was, yeah, and it was, you know, she's going back and forth with Meryl Streep, so. She held her own. I'm just pouring, I'm just picking out highlights. And I wrote a lot of movies down for her. So I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm putting her in. I don't care. Let the fax machine fly. Eating <laughs> up. And, like, she's she uses her star power in Ocean's Eleven and Twelve. Yep. And she's perfect for that movie. You yeah. need someone like her in that because because that's what that movie's about. Notting Hill, same thing. That's her almost playing a version of herself. So, yeah. And that's a really good movie. And then My Best Friend's Wedding is like a risky thing for her because she's playing someone who's not likable. She's playing someone who's trying to the break heel. up a marriage. Yep. And what I really like about that movie, too, is they, they stick to their guns at the end. She doesn't have a happy ending. She's just ends up dancing with Rupert Everett at the end. Yeah. And I, I, it's a surprising movie. Like if you're, if you were a Julia Roberts fan back then, you're, you're probably like, what? what? Right. She doesn't get the guy in this. So I really like that, that she picked a movie like that. And another movie where she took a risk was everyone says, I love you. Woody Allen movie. I didn't see that. Like, cause everybody has to sing in it and she's not a singer. But she still gives it her best. So I, I have a lot of respect for her with that kind of stuff. And like I said, I have all these, I'm not going to talk about all the movies I wrote down, but she's had, she's had a really good career and she's done a lot, of, a lot of good stuff. And, you know, I had to say just because of the backlash, I'm like, no way. She, she, she belongs in this list. She's certainly the biggest star of the last, you know, of, of, of all the people we've talked about. She's easily the biggest star, star, star. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Um, my uh, my number five. Oh, wait, you did you hear me say? What do you think of Julia Roberts? You didn't answer that. Oh, I didn't answer. Oh, I. You know what? I feel like she's one of these. Like as an actress, I feel that you know all the star power aside, if you get her in the right role, she can be very good. Very good. I thought she was terrific in Aaron Brockovich. Um, and that's just kind of a, you know, I feel like if she had more roles where she's kind of like, because everyone says, Julie Roberts, she's so down to earth. She's glamorous, but she's got this really down to earth personality. And I feel like- That's the people I talk to who don't like her. <laughs> they don't say that. <laughs> oh, people who like her say, I like her because she's down to earth. And what does down to earth mean? <laughs> What does that phrase even mean? It means you like farming. Yes, you're down to the earth. I'm here's the earth and I'm down to it. <laughs> um, but like someone who's a bit more like, you know, rough around the edges, um, someone who's maybe been around the block a little a few times, you know, street smart, um, maybe been knocked around a little bit. I feel like like that was certainly Aaron Brockovich. Yeah. I feel like that's a role that she should explore a little more that type of personality because she's because everyone knows her for the big toothy smile and you know the hair and the lips and just you know, her look it's her look but um you have to get her in that right role but if you get her in there she can be effective um in fact very very good very good so that's why i think of her she was, she was inspired by seeing me in Chicago that one time when I walked past her and Kiefer Sutherland on the street. She was like, I can't disappoint him. She uh, texts me all the time and says, listen, it's tough living up to Len's expectations. <laughs> He's very demanding. Um, and uh, so, you know, he's, she's, she's uh, tried her best mm -hmm. in light of your uh, taskmaster ways. Mm -hmm. I think with her too once you see what the movie's about you know whether you want to see it or not yeah that's like true. I was like Runaway Bride no 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 thanks Mary Riley no no uh, but when you, it, you know it's got something to it you're like okay I'm going to watch sure. this one sure what's your number five uh, my number five is uh Kate Blanchett. Um, and, uh, you know, I just think she's just a, I mean, now I feel like, you know, we're getting into like powerhouses, but like, she's a powerhouse actress. Like, you know, those two uh, Elizabeth movies she did, she was just, she just ruled the screen, just ruled it. Um, even uh, The Gift. What'd you think of The Gift? Yeah, that's a good movie. Um, Evil Keanu, yeah, Katie Holmes. I yeah, mean, that's, a good, that's somehow that so you're surprised sometimes that so many movies just disappear. I with know that cast, but I bet you, you you ask people in the street, most of them haven't seen that. I thought that's one of her best performances. Um, Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, one of my favorites. She's excellent in that. That's a great movie. Uh, 
The Aviator as Catherine Hepburn, which is story. We always quote that. <laughs> Dawsey. Yeah. I mean, all the Lord of the Rings movies, she's really, you know, she's just kind of this big kind of otherworldly type of presence. I don't think a lot of people can carry that off. And then in Thor. Uh, yeah, that's that's amazing what she, she does in Thor. She's really great in that movie. Like yep. automatically you're like, you're awesome. Yes, it's you true. Awesome. It's true. There's no, there's no way that Loki and Thor they could get all the Avengers. <laughs> they're they're not beating you. And uh, yeah, last- I, I I had her considered, but you know what? If someone's in a lot of English movies, I don't I don't watch any movie about kings and queens. Oh, so you've never seen the Elizabeth movies? No. The first one, I mean, she is, I mean, it's, it's British, but she is awesome. Um, well, she won an Oscar for one of them, right? I think the first one, I think she won. Yeah. The other one uh, that she's very good in, the movie itself is kind of whatever, uh, is Mrs. America. I forget what network that was on, but it was uh, on Hulu. Did you see Mrs. America? Yeah. I didn't, great. but you you talked about it. And I think it was in your top ten last year or something. Yeah, she was terrific, just terrific. Yeah, I I had her. She was on my list, but it just she just barely missed. One of Laura's favorites is Notes on a Scandal. Did you ever see that? No, I never saw that. That's a really good movie. You should see that one. Her and Judy Dench. I've heard it's like two of them just going at each other. Yes, yes. They're meaty parts for both of them. Love it. And even a movie like The Shipping News, she's hardly in that, but her presence is just phenomenal. You know? See, now you just uh, mentioned Judy Dench, and I'm like, my list sucks. <laughs> How could I leave out Judy Dench? It was hard. Come on. This was hard to do. Uh, oh, like absolutely. only 10. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that way she was your five, right? She was my five, yeah. My four, this was such a struggle though. So I was like, you know, I have to sit in the I like, I have to include her. So I put Parker Posey at four. Parker Posey, yes. Parker Posey, because I kept looking at her career and I'm like, I love so many of her movies. Yeah. Days and Confused. Yeah. You can't have a better, <laughs> you can't have a better performance than that. And just all the great indies she was in back then. Yep. Uh, sleep with me. Did you ever see that? Eric Stoltz. Oh my god, a long time ago. And all the Christopher Guest ones. I oh, think yeah. my favorite. Well, she's great. She's great in Best in Show so with her great. braces. <laughs> Just a totally weird relationships. And, oh, she, and, and and Goffman, she's great too. She's like, yeah, I'm working at the DQ. <laughs> <laughs> and then soon she thinks she's going to be discovered. <laughs> <laughs> go to Hollywood. <laughs> but, but all those great 90s independent movies. House of Yes. Did you ever see House of Yes? No, I never did see House of Yes. She's amazing in that. Just obsessed with Jackie Kennedy and just wearing her clothes and just a lunatic performance. Yeah, she's and then, way, way out there. Didn't she go out with Jack Nicholson to uh, Tortoise? Did she? Maybe that's someone. Maybe that's someone else. Maybe that's that's Lara Flynn Boyle. I think Lara Flynn Boyle. That's who I'm thinking. And kicking and screaming, another one of my favorites. Yes, 
really good. Any anything she's in, you just instantly are are drawn to her. She was in an episode of High Fidelity last year, the yeah. Zoe Kravitz show. Yeah, she's great. She's always she's always great. That's the thing. She's really and she she's very like varied in her choices, but she's always like super strong. Yeah. So I was like, I have to, because she, she was like the nineties for me. She was the nineties for me. She was the nineties, very nineties uh, um, sensibility and uh, in a lot of ways, um, you know, some of the kind of the hippest performances mm-hmm. of that decade. Yep. My number four choice is definitely not hip. Uh, <laughs> And it's Olivier in drag. Correct. Olivier in drag better than Parker Posey. <laughs> uh, mine goes back a long ways. And I feel like this actress did her best work on television. Um, but she also gave an incredible, and I think she, I don't know if she won the Oscar, but she was definitely nominated. I think she was nominated. Um, uh, but that's uh, Mary Tyler Moore. Um I just think uh, just the Dick Van Dyke show and Mary Tyler Moore show alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about like just groundbreaking characters. Yeah. And, you know, being like really hilarious, really kind of a strong straight person for so many hilarious people that come in and out. Great chemistry with Dick Van Dyke. Great chemistry with pretty much everyone on the show, particularly Ed Asner of all mm-hmm. people. Yeah, and that's just a great chemistry between those two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in and then in ordinary people, uh, with uh, Donald Sutherland, Timothy Hutton. I mean, she that performance was chilling. Yes, yeah, just <laughs> shocking, shocking. I think it kind of ruined her career a little bit. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> I mean, I think people all of a sudden she was no longer America's sweetheart, and. Yeah, they- so she couldn't get back. She there was no going back to the beloved '60s and '70s um, characters that she created. There was now just this real dark side to her mm-hmm. that really just came out. Um, and uh, and it's a shame that she didn't try because I think she tried you know to go back to television and it just didn't um, you know work out for her. Um, the, uh, and then towards the end, she kind of got hip again. Towards the end of um, of her uh, of her career, and uh, there was the there was that movie she was in with uh, Ben Stiller and uh, Tia Leone. Um, oh, she was in that. She's in Flirting with Disaster. Flirting with Disaster. She's with George Siegel. Unbelievable. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, that movie is incredible. <laughs> Um, I mean, she really did not do that many movies after Ordinary People. And you would think she would have, you know, that would have been like a big, you know, career kind of. You know what, though? Maybe she maybe she just was like, I'm making all the money from syndication. Could be. Maybe I don't want to, you know, you don't know. Could be. But you're, it could have also been <laughs> everybody was shattered by her performance. I know. Man. Wow. I, I, I remember watching it and I was like, that's just devastating. 
Bear, so pe- like when people talk about ordinary people, like, oh, Raging Bull is better. I'm like, really? You think so? Watch Ordinary People again. That's a great movie. I am not ready to go there, but Ordinary People is really close. I mean, the performance. I, I think it's better. I think it's better. Very tough to watch. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just think, you know, um, and, and, and just her comedy chops are you know, impeccable. And I like, kind of like Sally Field, you know, she can do both so effortlessly and well, and uh, just such a staple. Um, And if you haven't seen Flirting with Disaster. um, I've seen it. I've seen it. Oh, you have. Yeah. And, you know, when she went on uh, uh, Letterman and told the the penis van lesbian joke. I don't remember that. They said, uh, she went on and they said, oh, yeah, um, there's a great uh, actor with an unfortunate name. His name is Penis Van Lesbian. And uh, and really, you know, tr- tremendous, very talented, did everything well. And is that that name? We've got to change that name of Penis Van Lesbian. I know. I got it. We'll change it to Dick Van Dyke. And, and that joke killed on Letterman. It killed. Is Mary Tyler Moore telling this joke? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like going out there on a limb. And then I think she would appear with Dick Van Dyke like later in life and, you know, like on talk shows. And uh, and uh, so I think she kind of uh, became more comfortable with herself, um, you know, just as a performer. Yeah, She worked with Letterman, I think. I think Letterman wrote for some show she tried to do, one of her failed shows. Oh, really? So she was probably comfortable with them because she already, already knew them. Yeah. Anyway, that's my number four. My number three, just like Julia Roberts, I struggled with this one, but I just, after reviewing, I gave in because after looking, I was like, I don't, maybe I didn't see enough. So I was like, ah, and then I realized I have seen enough. So I put Meryl Streep at number three. Because I haven't seen her early stuff. Like, I haven't even seen a deer hunter. Oh! But I have seen uh, one of her first things that I saw her in was the Holocaust miniseries. Remember that? Yep. Which she was really good in. I remember, I think I watched it like after school or something. I was like horrified because I didn't know any of that stuff. I was like pretty little. I probably shouldn't have even been watching it. Starring uh, Fritz Weber. And Michael Moriarty, who is... <laughs> oh. Chilling. But that was probably the first thing I saw her in. But when I was doing this today, I was like, look, I, you know what? I have seen enough because I was trying to pick, okay, how many great performances they had. So the stuff of her that I think she's great and that I've seen is Defending Your Life. You ever see Defending Your Life? Great. And that's that was like a departure for her because mm-hmm. she just plays this really warm kind of person, you know, putting up with Albert Brooks being crazy. <laughs> it's such a great movie. <laughs> yep. Watch that. Anyone who hasn't seen it, who's listening, defending your life, Excellent. Albert Brooks movie. Excellent. Yeah. And Devil Wears Prada. Yes. Just... Excellent. And Did you ever I talked about August Osage County. She's really good in that. Great in that. Uh, Big Little Lies season two. Just like Del Rose Prada, she just comes in and you're like, whoa. 
<laughs> it's just, just a talent. There's just something. Some people just have that thing. And you're like, uh-oh, this person's trouble immediately. Right. And you're like, how do you, how do they do that? It's just amazing. And then Bridges of Madison County. I forgot about that movie. Her and her and Clint Eastwood. She's great in that. And she just surprises me a lot. So I'm like, all right, I give in. I'm with everybody <laughs> else on her. Plus the plus the post and adaptation. So the post is great because she's playing such a kind of a refined person who now has to step in and kind of talk, you know, compete with the big boys. And it's just kind of like she does. She, her character has a great arc in that she's faltering. She knows she's got to save this paper, but she, I thought that's one of her best performances was the post. Yeah. The post is underrated. And she's excellent in uh, that Greta Gerwig uh, remake of Little Women. I think it came out a couple of years oh, ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Aunt March. She's excellent. Yes. <laughs> she's excellent. Beef says Aunt March with such disdain. <laughs> How dare you mess with the Little Women, oh. Aunt March. Don't mess with Aunt March. Leave Shersha Ronan alone. <laughs> Um, yeah, I Meryl Streep. Well, she's on my list too. Mm-hmm. That, this might be our only uh source of agreement, yeah. But we'll go over our yes. just missed. I think that'll be fun to do. I agree. So, what's your number three? Uh, Kate Winslet, um, is my number three, and I would probably, I would probably do. Kate Winslet on the strength of Mayor of Easttown alone. Yes, I was just going to say that. She's great in that. Just for that alone. Yeah. Uh, she's amazing in that. Uh, in that. But yep. so many, uh, just, I'll just name a few. Um, Finding Neverland um, with, uh, I think that was with Johnny Depp um, yeah. as the, uh, the, the man who wrote. Um, Peter Pan. I think it's her, Depp, Ted McGinley, and JMJ Bullock. Uh, if I remember correctly. I think it's uh, Julie Christie and Dustin Hoffman. Oh, yeah. Oh, my mistake. Who are just like, I mean, that's like Ted McGinley and, and Jim J. Bullock. Um, uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Amazing. Um, She's amazing in that. She's great. I mean, even Titanic. I really liked her in Titanic. Um, uh, Sense and Sensibility. I think she got an Oscar nomination for that with um, with uh, Hugh Grant. Um, she's terrific in that. Um, and uh, so just Revolutionary Road. Um, you ever see Revolutionary Road? Oh, I missed that one. Missed really that one. good. Um, yeah, for for me, she didn't make my list because I do think she's great, but I haven't seen enough of her stuff. Yeah, um, I mean, she's she's always so kind of like, um, and 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 it's funny because she works all the time. She puts out like sometimes like two or three movies a year. There's just so many. Her um, first one's really good. Do you ever see Heavenly Creatures? That's a really good movie. No, I never did see that. You should watch that. That's uh, Peter Jackson, I think. 
that's that's a really good movie. I want to see it. Um, so uh, anyway, that is that is my number three. Okay. My let's see where are we? My number two again. This was this was painful to do, but it was also kind of fun because you discovered things. My yeah. number two is probably a surprise. Maggie Gyllenhaal is my number two. Maggie Gyllenhaal. Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah, because she's great, like in everything, and she has some good movies that people have never seen. One of them is there's a movie called Sherry Baby, where she's just this woman struggling to support her and her kid. And just heartbreaking. And she's great on The Deuce, which is uh, a series she was on. It was three seasons, and she plays a porn star who ends up being a director. There's a movie, Great New Wonderful, which is set in New York, and she just plays like this really abrasive person. And it's her, Jim Gaffigan's in it. And, uh, <laughs> I, I never saw it. Jim, no, nobody saw it. It's really good. Jim Parsons from Big Bang Theory, who she just like destroys in it. <laughs> and Secretary, which is the one that kind of brought her to fame. Did you ever see Secretary? No. Jeez. What is going on with you? I'm looking to see what move what Maggie Gyllenhaal movies I have seen. And um, also, did you see Crazy Heart? I saw Crazy Heart. She was good. Really good. And that's not a showy role. That's her being like, what are you doing, Jeff Bridges? Yeah. And I've seen, here's what I've seen with Maggie Gyllenhaal. I've seen Donnie Darko. She's not really in Donnie Darko. That's not really, she doesn't have a big part in that. I've seen The Dark Knight. I've seen Crazy Heart. And God, is that it? I really, yeah, she, I mean, that's just how she is. She makes good stuff, but not a lot of people see it. The adaptation, I saw adaptation. Yeah, I've not seen any. No, I didn't see. I'm like, did I see World Trade Center? No, I don't think I didn't see World Trade Center. Dive into some Jill and Hall beef. Oh, I really have my work cut out for me. Yep. Maybe I'll start with the deuce. And then Frank. Frank. <laughs> Frank is really good, too. I think it's her and Fassbender. Oh, my God. I can't even describe the movie, but I, I, I wish if you're going to pick one, watch that one first. Let me know what you think of it. NPR says Frank is bonkers and brilliant. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Nick Simon, who's in Hippo Horsey with me, he he really likes that movie too. And there's like a ridiculous song in it. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm. She she is not afraid to take big leaps. That's what I like about her. And she's real like I, we're almost repeating ourselves all the time. Real sharp, take risks, great presence on screen. Maggie Gyllenhaal. Maggie Gyllenhaal. I uh, I really only know her for. Um, I really only know her for the Dark Knight and and yeah, and Crazy Heart. She was great in Crazy Heart. 
All right, people. I'm glad once again I am educated. Oh, education <laughs> with lens. Um, my uh, my number two is also um, I un well, it's an unconventional choice just because you know I don't even think she was nominated for a, an Academy Award, and I think she's primarily known as a comedy actress. No, I think she was nominated for an Oscar uh, for her role in Blazing Saddles. But uh, my number two is Madeline Kahn, um, just because I just, every time I see her just walk out, I'm laughing. Yeah, she's and, great. She's great. Um, just for Paper Moon, uh, Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, um, you know, oh, where are you going? <laughs> Oh, you've been her all alike. I'm tired, tired of love and affection. <laughs> Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to both brag. <laughs> yeah, um, she was, she was great. I, I think when I was a kid, I just thought she was really funny, and then you look back and you realize how great she really was. Terrific actress. Yeah. Um, she was also in Clue. She was really good in Clue. Yeah. You received Murder by Death with Peter yes. Hawk. <laughs> Great. Yeah, that's a good choice, Beach. Um just Read a Madeline Kahn Renaissance. You know, I think that, you know, I, I, I feel like comedy actresses, and there is a bunch that I, you know, left primarily a lot of the uh, actresses that I left off were all like comedy people. Was, yeah. um, just like really funny, sharp um you know talented people who just happen to gravitate towards comedy and uh i'm of the opinion that you know comedy is hard um and uh so i just have a lot of respect for funny just funny people in general yeah i'm glad i'm glad you did that beef it's true i mean i i even was almost gonna not have anyone on it you know and that's what i do I bring laughter to the people of Chicago. Oh, yeah. you <laughs> are a you are a light of life for people in these dark times. <laughs> the Letterman really liked Madeline Kahn. Letterman was a big Madeline Kahn fan. She died way too young too. She was only fifty-seven. I know. Did you ever see her on uh, Cosby's uh, ill-fated return to TV? I think it was just called Cosby. And, no. uh, but it starred Bill Cosby and Madeline Kahn. I never saw it either. It was on CBS. It was on for like a few seasons and then it was canceled. And then she yeah. died like right afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, very sad. Yeah. Very sad. Um, another funny movie is uh, Betsy's Wedding with Alan Alda and Molly Ringwald. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That's uh, good. Yeah. Um, that's my number two. So educate yourselves on Madeline Kahn, everyone. Even Beeve can occasionally educate you. Oh, thank you so <laughs> much, Gene Shallot. <laughs> I got to grow that shallot stash. You really do, and the and the fro. All right, I'll, I'll let's, let's, let's for Christmas. Let's get our number ones in here, and then let's do our rapid fire. Honorable mentions, yes or no's. Super quick. So I'll do my one and you do your one. Right. Mine, I, I tried to pick someone I really 
enjoy, like if I see them, I'm instantly like, oh, good. Right. So I pick Holly Hunter as my number one. Holly Hunter? Yeah. Because I love Holly Hunter. I think she's a great actress, but I also just love her. You know, like I see Holly Hunter, I'm like, good. Holly Hunter. I'm happy to see her. Broadcast News, Raising Arizona, Crash. Crash. Big Sick. And this is how much of a Holly Hunter fan I was. I watched a show, Saving Grace, that was on like TNT for a few years. It's because I love her so much. I don't think anyone watched. Well, probably somebody watched it because it did last a few seasons. But it was almost like a a star thing for her though because like every guy on the show was like in love with her character. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny. But it was a it was a good show, and I always I think she's good in everything. She was she was on Succession last year. So I was like, and I love Succession. Have you ever watched Succession? Succession is talk about bonkers. <laughs> good Lord. And she was a good choice because she kind of grounds it. She comes in, she's just trying to be, and uh, it, it was a good casting choice, I think, to put her in that. Agreed. So she's my she's my number one. Number one. Again, my number my top ten would probably if you ask me next week, it'll probably be different. It'd be different. This yeah. was a, a tough thing to do. Oh yeah. I, I'm sure mine would be different as well. My number one is safe. It's Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. Um, and um I think that you know, you mentioned so many. I mean, Meryl Streep can do it all. Have uh, you seen any of her early stuff that I haven't seen? Like Sophie's Choice or uh, the French Lieutenant's Woman. Any of that stuff. Have you seen any of that? I have seen, here's what I've seen. I've seen uh, The Deer Hunter, which is Walken, De Niro, Meryl Streep. I, I got to watch it. Oh, that movie's filmed in Cleveland. Um, really? Yeah. Huh, uh, when they're not in Nam. Uh, <laughs> that's really good. Uh, Kramer versus Kramer. Um, Another Kramer versus, one I shouldn't have missed. Kramer versus Kramer is like, Talk about like a, a performance where at the beginning you're totally rooting for her and you're totally like, you know, Dustin Hoffman, what a jag off and get out of there. And I haven't seen it recently. And with our, you know, changing society and mores, I wonder how I, I'm, I'm not sure that that movie holds up as much, but you know, when she comes back, um, you're just like, oh no, you know, trying to get custody of, of, of the kid. Um, and just her, just such a shift and she plays it so well. Um, that, and that's why I was like, wow, what a talent. Um, Sophie's choice is crazy movie. Uh, she's unbelievable. And, uh, out of Africa with Redford, she's great in that. Yeah. So you've seen a lot. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then all. Oh, all is the, that why you're wearing your "I'm a Street Sheep" shirt? Yes. <laughs> Part of, of the flock. Nothing surpasses her work in Mamma Mia. Uh, <laughs> the last movie. That's a hugely popular movie. I know, and she sings in it too. I mean, she does it all. Yeah. Uh, the only the other movie that I think she was great in is Doubt. Uh, Do we talk about Doubt? No, I've never seen it. That's Philip Seymour Hoffman's a priest, right? Yeah, it's you don't like him though. 
I don't. I, he's he, I can I can deal with him in this movie, and uh, she's great. In uh, that's that's a vintage streep. Um, what I like about her, yeah, she can do it all, and I like versatile actresses. But not only that, you like I like an actress or an actor, any actor where you forget that you're watching the actor, you you get so caught up yes. in the character. Yes. And I think was really special about Meryl Streep is that you forget your okay, this is weird. You for, you forget you're watching Meryl Streep and you're invested in this character, but then at the same time, you're like aware of Meryl Streep doing this, and you're like, she is special. She's, yeah, she's yeah. very special in these characters that she creates. Yeah, and I get that. That's what kind of sets her apart for me. I've had that said to me many times after a bar improv performance. You're like, Len, I totally forgot I was watching you in Captain Barnacle's Raging Queens. <laughs> and uh, you were so amazing as Captain Barnacle. But yet I thought Len Foot, what a special comedy giant. <laughs> when he pitches the one-armed pirate overboard with his feet. <laughs> a masterwork. Okay, so... Before we do our rapid fires, I just want to give a prediction of how people are going to react to this podcast as they listen to us reel off our top 10. Here's my imitation of our audience listening to our top 10s. Ready. What? Yeah. What? Morons. What? Oh, Meryl Streep. Oh, Meryl Streep. What? <laughs> All the other ones will be... <laughs> I think they'll be confused by it's funny because you can pick like kind of like acknowledge legends. And uh, I mean, I tried to go, I mean, I, some of them are safe choices. Like in my, like, you know, Catherine O'Hara, who's going to say no to Catherine O'Hara. Um, but that's the thing though. Some people like all oh, comic actress. Yeah. Um, I, I, I feel like it's just as valid as, as drama. No, I agree. I agree. And like I said, I am giving you respect. Oh. <laughs> Will you take back all this Fedora Jasmine merch as a sign of respect? Uh yeah, maybe I can Ooh. I have a few more actresses to send merch to. I will hire the trucks tomorrow. The commercial's filming in a month, so I need to get that actress booked. <laughs> so are um, you ready? Do you have your list ready, Beef? So we can do our rapid fires? We'll go I'm back ready, and right forth. here. I got it. We'll go back and forth. Okay. You say Yes, if you think they were worthy of consideration, or no, if you would have not considered them. I'm ready. Okay, I'll go first. Ready? Natalie Portman. Yeah, yes. Yeah. My turn? Yeah. Uh, Lucille Ball. No. Okay. Frances McDormand. Good. Yes. Yeah. I'm surprised she was on neither one of our lists. Um, Jennifer Coolidge. I'll say, I'll say, yeah, because I feel like, I feel like she's got something. <laughs> Every time I see her, I am roaring at Jennifer. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Glenn Close. Yes, 
Yeah, she, that, that's a big miss on my part. Maybe she should be top 10. Garp, Big Chill, the wife. Yeah, she's probably better than Sally Field. I don't know. Sally Field, I like Sally Field. Yeah. I didn't have a problem with any of yours, Beef. Right, right. Today is respect for Beef Thing. Oh, the respect continues. Okay. Is it, is it my turn? I was amazed you didn't pick Catherine Heigl, so I'm proud of you. Yeah, keep going. All right. Uh, Catherine Hahn. Uh, I'm going to say no. I don't dislike her, but I feel like she's a little overrated, especially now. How dare you, sir? Yeah. Uh, Jessica Lane. Uh, yes, absolutely. Living legend. Uh, Tracy Ullman. No. No? She's no. great. Nah, I'm not a Tracy Ullman fan. Uh, Charlize Theron. No, I don't see the big deal with her. Really? She's great looking. She is very good looking, but n- classic beauty, but no. Disagree. Okay, go ahead. Jane Lynch. Mm, I'll give her a Maybe. Maybe. Okay. I, I feel like I shouldn't say no, but I'm not sure. Halle Berry. No. Yes. I mean, Monst- she, Monsters Ball, Bullworth, I mean, Boomerang, she, Jungle she is, Fever. She is gorgeous. No. She almost made my list. Almost. <laughs> uh, my turn. Mm-hmm. Terry Gar. I love Terry Gar. Who doesn't? Always love Terry Gar. Yeah, love Terry Gar. Yeah. Uh, from my hometown, Lakewood, Ohio. Really? But I uh, moved to LA when she was like five. Yeah. Helena oh, Bonham Carter. I love Helena Bonham Carter. She is she is outstanding. Outstanding actress. She, she may be better than Sally Field. She's okay. terrific. All right. Uh, my last one is. Amy oh, I have a lot more. We've got a lot more. <laughs> my last one is I've got two more. Uh, yeah. Amy, my uh, three more. Uh, Amy Poehler. Yes. Anne Hathaway. No. Fool. Mysterious that she is uh, famous. <laughs> Should be a topic for uh, unsolved mysteries. Wow. Faxes from Anne Hathaway are coming. Uh, they are coming in hot. Uh, my turn. Uh, Megan yeah. Mullally from Will and Grace. No, no, not a fan. Okay. You're Both wrong. of them, they're the overrated couple of all time, I think. Oh, I, 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 I'm unable to speak. <laughs> Reese Witherspoon. Uh, Eileen would, uh, Eileen will uh, express outrage that she is not on either of our lists. Yeah. Uh, I think you got to get her in the right role, but overall I'm like, no, she was was in election and she's really good on this morning show with Steve Carell and Jennifer Aniston. I like her. Big little lies. Walk the line. Cruel intentions. Walk the line. I'm like, whatever. Nah, you're wrong. All right. You have one left or one left. Okay. Then I'll do a rapid fire 
directly at you with all the ones I've left. Oh my God. All right. This one you may not know. Did you ever do you ever watch the show Dairy Girls? No. Oh. Uh, if you ever watch Dairy Girls, she plays Aaron on Dairy Girls. I am dying. Every What's her time. name? Her name is Circe Monica Jackson. It's an Irish name. It's like S-A-O-I-R-S-E. Circe Monica Jackson. She killed, she is the Dairy Girls is set in Northern Ireland at the height of all the violence. And these girls are going to school. And uh, she plays the uh, goody two-shoes who is afraid that everyone will get in trouble. And uh, she is fantastic. She's very young. I hope this is just the start of her career. I think she's brilliant. Okay. Do you have any left? None left. That's it. All right. Ready? Ready. Jennifer Connelly. No. <laughs> House of Sand and Fog, Requiem for a Dream, Little Children. Jennifer Diane Connelly. Lane. Diane Lane. Gorgeous. Yes. Angelica Houston. Yes. Annette Benning. I should say yes, but I, she annoys me. Why? I don't know. She annoys me. I can see that. To me, the highlight of her career is the grifters. I thought she was She's great. Fantastic in that. I feel like she walks around saying, aren't I amazing? <laughs> amazing. I'm a net fanning and I'm a <laughs> I think her two highlights are the grifters and Mars Attacks. <laughs> Mars Attacks is probably the greatest movie of all time. A, a, a classic. Julie Christie. She's been in great, great, great movies. And I'm going to say no, because I can't think of a movie that she, like, carries. Away from her. Watch away from her. All right. All right. Kristen Scott Thomas. I like her. Laura Dern. She's another one. She's in the, I should like her, but there's something about her that makes me say, I don't know, something about her. I could see that. She almost made my top 10 because she's she's had a lot of great performances. Undeniable. I think because she, she plays a lot of really raw characters that can just get to you and you almost think like that's her real personality. Yeah, yeah. But she, <laughs> she should just credit, credit alone for that scene in Wild at Heart with Willem Dafoe. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> that alone. Dirty. Uh, Winona Ryder. Oh, that's a hard one. You know what? I didn't like her in Stranger Things. Oh, I love her in Stranger Things. I, I was ready to love her in Stranger Things. I used to have a major crush on her. And I, I she was getting on my nerves after a while. No, I love her. I love her in Stranger Things. Yeah. Deborah Winger. Deborah Winger. Yeah. I mean, yeah. For, for terms of endearment alone. And officer oh. gentleman. And Leap of Faith, Steve Martin. Yep. Emma Stone. Uh, yes. She's great. Sarah Paulson. Yes. Regina King. I like her. Yes. Kristen Bell. Love her. Yes. Jennifer Jason Leigh. Yeah, she's great. Le and not lately, not lately, but peak Jennifer Jason Leigh is 
Undeniable. Yes, I agree with that. I, I really considered her. She was real close. So was Kristen Bell. Because I'm like, man, Kristen Bell's Veronica Mars in Good Place. She carried those shows, even with all the talent around her. Kristen Bell's one of those like kind of like Mary Tyler Moore, like Gilda Radner types where like she's just consistently excellent. Yes. Slides under the radar. But who who could not like Kristen Bell? Yeah. Anna Kendrick. Not familiar with Anna Kendrick. No opinion. Really? No vote. Don't <laughs> runs away. <laughs> Claire Danes. No, I don't like Claire Danes. Oh man. Watch Homeland. Elizabeth Olsen. Yes, she's really good. She's great. Yeah. Not just WandaVision. Also super, super talented actress. Yeah. Patricia Arquette. Ooh, yes. Cameron Diaz. No. Yes. We'll no. talk about that in a couple months. We're going to do a podcast episode on Cameron Diaz. We are. Hall of Oates and Cameron Diaz. Yep. Perfect I combination. Saw, I saw Cameron Diaz in a Trader Joe's with Kirk Pincham. At, really? <laughs> yeah, like 7.30 in the morning. She yeah. got her hair all tied up. <laughs> Like, she didn't it. she didn't say hello to you so that's why you don't like her you know yeah well i said she was looking at sushi uh sushi uh, <laughs> you know, boxes and i said i recommend the shrimp tempura and she said get the hell away from me i said you're off my list <laughs> when <laughs> i do a podcast <laughs> yes truth comes out <laughs> brie larson uh yes she you know i had her on the list and then took I, I had her on the list and then took her off. So I overlooked her in my... She's somebody, I feel like in 10 years, she'll be almost a no-brainer. Yeah, I agree. Top 10, if she keeps doing the type of stuff she's doing. Agreed. Yeah, she's great. Bridget Fonda. No. No! Yeah, she's wooden. <gasps> Len just fell over in shock. And horror. this is the biggest reaction, uh, ladies and gentlemen, of the Jaguar <laughs> podcast that I've ever gotten from Len Foot. Oh my God. Unable to speak. I think I've wounded him. Man, I got to talk to Regency. <laughs> Linda Cardellini. Oh, I thought she said Linda Carter. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> Linda Carter. Yes. She actually is my number one. Uh, I'm not familiar with Linda Carlini. Carrie Mulligan. Ooh, I like her. Yes. All right. And final, Kirsten Dunst. No. Wrong. Okay. I love that you have Linda Carlini on here, but I've never seen Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> or the Deer Hunter. Or the Deer Hunter. Yeah. Or Miami Vice. Unbelievable. Or the Goonies. Or the Goonies. Yeah. No. But at least I am well versed in Maggie Gyllenhaal beef. Uh, that's this is true. This is true. We all have our uh, places to learn and improve. Mm -hmm. This could be the longest <laughs> episode of Jag. That's Bag. what Jag Bag is all about. Ever, yeah, it is expertise. Bringing the learning with what's our on, expertise. What's on tap for uh, next week? We're going to have special guest Bridget Fonda to respond to your slander. <laughs> I will bring a block of wood and we will see who has more emotional range. 
<laughs> I wish Regency was hasn't been asleep for the past five hours. I have wounded Len. To I need to get on my rotary phone and talk to him immediately. <laughs> Bridget Fonda. I love that Bridget Fonda is the hill you will die on. <laughs> All that breaks the back. I love Bridget Fonda. Unkind, that hurts me. Hurts me. comments about Bridget. You will not be invited to my screening of singles. <laughs> or my celebratory it could happen to you party <laughs> so do not ask for an invitation i won't I but next I... week we'll be talking about t-shirts how comfortable they are <laughs> what <laughs> what size fits you the best what's your favorite logo ideas for imprints mm. Mm. <laughs> i mean no? yes Woo! No. Or we'll go with your idea and do NBA preview. Oh, man. That'll be exciting and action-packed. I think it's going to be an exciting season for the Bulls. So plenty to talk about. Plenty to talk about. I'm excited for Evan Mobley era to start in Cleveland. And we'll cover that all next week on Jag Bags. And we're going to end it short. If you like this show, tell a friend. And when you're ready to listen, put a little Jag Bags in your ear.